We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Oh, man. Welcome back into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Tommy sent me just now a clip of Patrick Mahomes going back-to-back with Kenny Powers, and it is fantastic. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, oh, my God. You gotta, I, I think I already got rid of it. I'll, I'll retweet that so everybody can see what we're talking about. Um, I mean, this is... It's just it incredible. sounds like him. I, I never, I never would have equated Patrick I, Mahomes and I, Kenny Powers. I don't know how any but. of us are ever expected to, to now not equate them. I, yep. I don't know. Like that's yep. that's there forever now. Uh, welcome back in everybody. Eric Bieniemy, uh, I thought this year did his best job as an NFL coach, and it's not going to be good enough to to get him a head coaching job yet again. We talked a lot about this yesterday. For whatever reason, as you know, wash, rinse, repeat. This was the most impressive to me coaching performance of the modern Chiefs era uh, because of what they had to redo offensively. And Eric Bieniemy now, uh, you know, we're to the point where I think everybody knows it. There's nothing that his friends with the Chiefs can do about it. He's going to have to go do it somewhere else. And it, it sounds like that probably will be happening in Washington. Um, you know, it's an interesting fit. I, I like Ron Rivera. I do think they've got talent on that roster. You know, I think they've got good receivers. Um, I think they've got some dudes in the backfield that you can work with. It's really all about quarterback there, and I don't know what their long-term solution is at that spot. I mean, of course it makes sense for Washington. And look, if it goes well in year one for Bienemy in Washington, he's going to be a head coach next year. So I get it for Bienemy too. But you're taking a big risk not going somewhere that has a quarterback. So that's, you know, that's the risk for Bienemy to pick that job. But I do think, you know, with Ron Rivera and with some of the talent they have on offense, it does make some sense as a landing spot. Well, and on top of that, too, I mean, I would imagine that Ron Rivera, as a defensive head coach, is going to be willing to just hand the keys over to Eric Bienemy uh, as far as running the offense and implementing what he wants to do. And it, it follows up on the conversation that we had yesterday. And, and, He's not getting a head coaching job this season, uh, which is unfortunate. But if he can 
uh, do a, a stellar job in Washington where it is his show on offense, then, you know, that that's going to be, I think, the best chance for Eric Bieniemy to finally get that head coaching job. The Ringer, uh, the the publication, The Ringer, they did an article about Eric Bieniemy not getting a head coaching job. And I thought that this was pretty telling about Eric Bieniemy being passed over for job after job after job. Only three of the 16 coaches that have been picked over Eric Bieniemy since 2019 have made the playoffs. Three of the 16. Seven of them, and they are Adam Gase, Urban Meyer, Nathaniel Hackett, David Coley, Brian Flores, Joe Judge, and Matt Rule have all been fired. Uh, and so I think that's pretty telling about the guys that have been chosen over Eric Bieniemy. Now, there's no guarantee that Bieniemy will be a successful head coach. There's no guarantee that whatever team he eventually ends up with as a head coach, they'll make the playoffs. There's no guarantee of that. But the stats are not good that, you know, it's not like there's there are these all of these guys waiting out there for head coaching jobs where, you know, it's going to be a slam dunk over Eric Bieniemy. The majority of them have not made the playoffs in their new jobs. No, they haven't. And, um, you know, that. I don't know what that means. You know, I, I don't I don't know. And and the, the problem. Look, I, I understand how difficult it is to select your head coach. I understand the challenges Bienemy faces in Andy Reid's shadow, and I also understand that something else is there that none of us see, and and that's why it continuously happens. And I don't. And again, I think it's too. I, I think it's. I don't want to say it's naive because that's the wrong word. It's too simplistic to just say Eric Bienemy doesn't get an opportunity because he's a black man. Because other minority coaches are getting hired in other places, right? And he's not. So I don't think it's I, I don't think like that's the reason. I, I think last off season we sort of got some insight to that narrative not being the thing, right? So whatever the thing is, I don't know what it is. Um but he's got a chance to go prove it. And and I think the most frustrating thing about it for most of us is whatever that thing is. Like, you're taking tremendous risks all the time in the NFL when we see these unproven coaches hired, right? So whatever that thing is with Eric Bieniemy, why is nobody willing to take the risk with that, right? Because we see risky hires all the time yeah. in the NFL. That's my point. That, that's my point is that, you know, out of the 16 jobs that have been open since 2019, less than a quarter of those coaches that have taken those jobs have made the playoffs. So I think you could argue that over 75% of those coaches, I don't want to say they're all risky hires, but they're not making the playoffs right now. And so knowing that, what's the problem with giving Eric Bieniemy his shot? You know, the, the seven of them, seven of those coaches have been fired already. I, and I think you could, I went through that list. You want to tell me that Nathaniel Hackett is a less, was a less risky choice right. than Eric Bieniemy? Well, uh, you, know, you want to tell me Joe advocate, Judge was a Devil's less risky advocate choice? On Hackett, they made that hire because they thought it was going to lure Rodgers in. But you want to tell me that Joe Judge, but that's risky. Right. You didn't know that you were right. going to get Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, I know. I know, I know, I know. But I understand the risk on that one. You want to tell me that Joe Judge or Urban Meyer, who had never coached in the NFL before, is a less risky hire than the top offensive coordinator in the league? Well, and, and therein lies the question again. Is he the top guy or is it just Andy Reid? It's got to be – at the, at the minimum, 
B enemy's got to get out from underneath Andy Reid's shadow. I mean, that part of it is crystal clear, right? Because, and, and obviously it's not intentional. But when, you know, players are asked like, oh, how, oh man, Andy Reid just puts us in such a good position, right? Andy Reid's just a genius. Yeah. So so that, no matter what, and Andy Reid will tell you, you know, be enemy, be enemy, be enemy, but it doesn't matter. It's not the perception, right? So but, I guess, so I, and I want to ask you this. So it, it, when we're looking at it through the lens of, risky hires and using that word risky yeah what's risky about eric b enemy and i don't that's know what we don't know that's what I we can't figure out what is, what is obviously risky? i i think you know i so much of that reporting last off season and, and guys have contested it and said it's not true but there was obvious tension in the last off season after the Bengals loss and i i think that that tension could very simply be a byproduct of what we've saw this year, right, in the NFL as offenses struggled to make these adjustments to what defenses were doing. The Chiefs were sort of doing that on an island a year ago. And, you know, they're through it now, and, and those those bridges seem to be mended. But remember when Eric Bieniemy didn't let Patrick Mahomes go for it at the end of that game this year? Yeah. Remember how tense that was? Like— so we can dismiss those reports all we want to, but I think if everyone is being honest with themselves that has watched this team for a long time, set aside the fact that we all generally like Eric Bieniemy. He's a fun guy to cover. He's charismatic and interesting and all of these things. And I and I hope he is the best head coach ever because he's such a you know he's such a character. It'll be fun for the league. But set aside that and answer it honestly on why you think the Chiefs' offense is great. And and then power rank the reasons you think the Chiefs' offense is great, and where is Eric Bieniemy on that list? And I think if you're being honest about that, it's it's no better than third, and it may not even be that high, right? So, because you're going to say Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, for sure, at least those two. And then where do you go? Well, do you go Kelsey? Do you go... You know, what offensive line? I mean, what then where do you go? Then maybe be enemy at that point. The problem is we don't know, like, the exact uh, uh, setting of the duties involved in making that offense great. It's and also apples Eric, and oranges. Like, I think it's unfair. And I, I get what you're trying to do. It but is unfair. It's unfair to try to, to, try to compare the it execution is on the field by a player and what a coach does. Yep. It's absolutely unfair, but guess what? It's reality. And yep. so— and that's what makes it so hard. We see the tension. We had the reports last year. And and we heard what LaShawn McCoy had to say that, you know, maybe maybe guys don't really like him that much. And 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 that stuff is going to be very apparent to owners and GMs making hires, right? Like those reputations they're going to know about for sure. And so maybe that's it. I don't know. That's why last offseason, it, it almost was like, oh, that's what it is. Like, he didn't have a good relationship with his players. Now, that does not seem to be the case anymore outside of that one moment in this year where Mahomes and he were clearly frustrated, and that was yeah. probably and, just a heat-of-the-moment thing. But And you don't you don't know because you're not in the locker room. You're not in there day after day after day. I wonder, though, purely speculation on my part, but I wonder if, you know, Eric Bieniemy, I think at times, has been perceived as maybe abrasive, kind of rough, uh, that sort of thing with players. I wonder how much of that can be equated to 
the enemy trying to assert a little bit of authority in a role that requires a little bit of authority where you maybe you're not the not maybe you're definitely not the top dog you're not Andy Reid you're not Patrick Mahomes like you're the offensive coordinator but you probably have less authority than a lot of other offensive coordinators in the entire league and maybe you right. know over the, over different times it's been him trying to be like look hey guys I'm trying to take control of the situation I'm the offensive coordinator which is why I think regardless of a future head coaching position for Eric Bieniemy, regardless of what his future plans are and what he wants and what other teams are going to do as far as the head coach is concerned, I do think a change in scenery, even if it's a lateral move as an offensive coordinator, but if he's handed the keys and handed the authority, all right, go ahead and run it. This is your show. I think that's going to be best for him in the long run. Yeah, it, look, he's going to have autonomy. He's not going to Washington unless they hand him the keys to the car. Yeah. Right? Like that that's not going to be a problem anymore in Washington. And so it, it is the right move for Bienemy. I really do believe that as risky and, you know, whatever you want to call it, it is. The one thing, you know, the the back door of it is I'm fairly certain that as long as Andy Reid is the head coach of the Chiefs, if it does not work out for Eric Bieniemy in Washington, that, that Andy Reid would have a spot and find a spot for him back with the Chiefs. And and that's, you know, that's one of the things. We see it all the time with Andy Reid. And so I, I guess maybe there's a little bit less risk there. And, and as much as the Chiefs have tried to get him the opportunity to be a head coach, I just don't think it's going to happen unless he goes and does this. So it makes total sense. I get it. I think it's, you know, for him, it's the right thing to do. Will it work? I don't know. Um, you know, it's hard to ever predict offensive success in the NFL when you're uncertain at quarterback. Leads me to this, though, as we talk about uncertain to quarterback. CBS Sports put out its first mock draft. The Bears have a decision to make. And the reason I bring this up, they've got to decide whether they go Justin Fields or whether they trade Justin Fields and go Bryce Young. I tend to think that Justin Fields would be a very hot commodity on the trade market um, based on, you know, development of guys like Jalen Hurts and, you know, to a, to a different degree, Lamar Jackson. Because Fields has a chance to be the best runner of anybody we've ever seen, I think we saw some of that this year. You know, but I think the upside of his arm is still there in the right situation. I would absolutely take a swing at Justin Fields if I was a team. Now, I tend to think that the Bears may stick with him, but the Bears have an interesting decision to make here, Tommy, because if you think it's close between Young and Fields, like let's just say you're the Bears and you think it's close. We love both of these guys. We're, you know, Justin Fields isn't a slam dunk, right? I don't think anybody would call him that. I think I think after last year, we can all kind of see what's there, and 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 that's appealing. But so can every other team. If you're the Bears, and you think it's even, or maybe you even think Bryce Young has a chance to be better, what's the greatest asset in football right now? Inexpensive quarterbacks. So if you're the Bears and you can get first round picks for Justin Fields, and just take Bryce Young. I don't know that I, you know, I never thought, I always thought I was like, no, they're not going to take quarterback. They'll just trade that pick. But now I'm like, man, they got two more years of control of cheap control if they took Bryce Young. So if it's closer, they think he's even better. I think it probably makes more sense to trade Justin Fields as crazy as that sounds. And, and, and now you're looking at situations where like Washington, for instance, the reason I thought of this, 
Like, maybe there is a quarterback answer that Eric Bieniemy can work with, right? Derek Carr is going to be on the market. Maybe Justin Fields becomes on the market. Uh, you know, there's a chance Bieniemy could get much better at quarterback in a talented otherwise offense. So, I, you know, the Bears, what, you know, as we as we connect those two stories together for Bieniemy, the Bears have a really interesting decision to make that that is really starting to make me sway on what I think they're going to do because, man, if I was in that spot and I like Bryce Young that much and you can get two more years of control out of it, how valuable is that two years of control? I think it's pretty valuable. Well, and think about, too, th this sort of scenario happened a few years ago with the Arizona Cardinals. They drafted yep. Josh Rosen 10th overall in the first round and they had him for a year and then Kyler Murray was available and they had the opportunity to draft Kyler Murray. And I think at the time conventional wisdom was why would you get rid of like you? You just drafted your future franchise quarterback a year ago in the first round. Why would you get rid of him and draft Kyler Murray? And they did it. And of course things haven't totally panned out in Arizona, but I think it's obvious that Kyler Murray is a clear upgrade from Josh Rosen, but they, they punted on their, their former first round draft pick after one season to draft another quarterback. So this has happened before the bears could easily do the same thing. I do think though, there is an argument to be made that, you know, it, it might be a little bit better to stick with what you know, then take a risk on something you don't know. You know the upside of Justin Fields. You don't know. Bryce Young has a ton of talent. There is, but you don't yep. yet know exactly totally. how that's going to pan out and translate to the NFL. That being said, this scenario, like I mentioned, it's happened before. Well, yeah, and, and look, I Justin Fields is a far better prospect than Josh Rosen was, regardless of where the Cardinals took Josh Rosen. You know, what we saw. And and let's think about this, too, because for Fields, until they finally unlocked his true running ability, he was really struggling. Really, really struggling. So do I think the Bears could get at least a first and, and probably quite a bit more for Justin Fields? Yeah, I absolutely think yeah. they could get that. And so there's risk in keeping Justin Fields, too, if you're the Bears, right? Like, there's risk in that. I, I, I'm going to have to think about this over the next few months. I, I might be coming around to the idea if they evaluate Bryce Young that way. And I'm not sure that I do, by the way, but maybe they do. And I would defer on that because I think a lot of people really like Bryce Young. I'll defer. If that's the case, man, it does make sense to take Bryce Young, trade fields, get a pick back, and get the two more. And it's not a fields versus Young thing for me. It's a risk versus reward. And the reward of the extra firsts and the – and the controllable years, if Bryce Young does pan out, man, that's got a ton, a ton, a ton of value. So I don't know. That, that, that's going to be interesting and put potentially another quarterback into the market for some of these teams that are looking for long-term answers. You know, going back to Eric Bieniemy in Washington, you mentioned the, the potential that, hey, maybe, you know, a, a guy like Justin Fields could end up with the commanders if Eric Bieniemy is there. It, it also makes me wonder if when – Eric or when and if Eric Bieniemy takes the job with Washington, if that changes the quarterback landscape at all uh, during the offseason, free agency and trades and that sort of thing, like would a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo or uh, one of these other quarterbacks on the open market have a little bit more of a desire to maybe go play for Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy in Washington if you know that Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator? 
You know, that's a good question. I would say with the lack of success Washington has had bringing quarterbacks in the last couple of years that that I think it's more likely with a hire of Bienemy. I mean, to me, you hire Bienemy because of his connection to Mahomes, and I would make that hire because I would want a similar tutelage for my young quarterback. And so I think in that regard, I would probably guess that Washington is going to somehow, some way shoot young with quarterback. And, you know, they're not in a great draft position to do that currently, which is why a guy like Fields to me does make some sense, right? And look, Ron Rivera's had a lot of success with a run first quarterback in Cam Newton. Uh, and Cam Newton isn't like a Justin Fields kind of runner, very different, but he ran the ball a lot when they were their most successful teams. So, I mean, if I'm Washington and I'm bringing in NBA enemy, I probably make that call to Chicago. And I don't know where Washington picks. I'd have to look at their picks. But would I be willing to give up a first this year and a first next year and take a shot at Justin Fields? Probably so. I mean, I, I, I do think that I would probably be willing to do that if I was Washington. Because I think Fields' potential... Look, even if he doesn't ever prove to be a great passer, we know that that can work now in the NFL. It's worked for Lamar Jackson. And Justin Fields' explosiveness is a run. Justin Fields is a monster, man. He's huge. And and he can at least, you know, he can at least, I think, be as, as good a passer as Lamar Jackson's been able to be. And he has a chance to be even a better runner. So, yeah, I'd take a chance on Justin Fields if I were Washington. And I'd probably preemptively make that call if I were Washington and entice the Bears if they can be enticed. It's can interesting. You imagine, can you imagine if that whole scenario plays out? Can you imagine the NFC East next season? Philly, Dallas, the Giants with Dable, the Commanders, if you can bring in Justin Fields. It would be a lot of fun. Be a lot of fun. It was that way this year. I mean, yeah. it was. And Washington didn't have a quarterback. And their defense massively underperformed from what people thought it might be. It, it's interesting. The draft is going to be is, – is you know, it's one of those years where people really like two of the quarterbacks. A lot of people really like about four of the quarterbacks. And you've got a, you know, by a lot of accounts, transcendent talent in Will Anderson who normally plays a position that that would absolutely be the top pick. But there's some quarterbacks in there that could disrupt that. And, he, you know, how far does Will Anderson fall? It, it's going to be a really interesting yeah. draft this year. And, and, and I, mean, I need to start looking at the bets because – it's not, there's no, nobody knows who's going first, right? Like, I think there's a real chance that lots of people could go first. I mean, Chicago could just take Will Anderson too, right? That, that They could absolutely do that if they, as a safety net. 869-1240 is the number to call. Let's get you ready for a college basketball weekend. We'll look ahead to the Big 12 when we return on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here. Tommy, Big 12 weekend. Iowa State takes care of business, so they move ahead and stay ahead of K-State. Uh, that's who visits the Wildcats. That's a 1 o'clock tip this weekend. And then you got a 3 o'clock tip. Kansas taking on Baylor. 
Uh, I love it when this happens because you don't have to channel surf, right? We can just kind of sit back if we can and, and watch both games. Yeah, it's going to be two big matchups, of course, for different reasons for uh, both of these teams. Kansas uh, now with a share of the Big 12 lead. And, of course, we know that Baylor has a share of the Big 12 lead. It's the the uh, primary game in the Big 12 race this Saturday, the, the heavyweight matchup between these two teams. One of them will stay in first place and the other one will drop out. And then, of course, for Kansas State, like we talked about yesterday with Tim Fitzgerald, it's just going to be a matter of whether or not the Wildcats can uh, get out of this funk. Um, to use the term that I think you used yesterday, they've hit a wall. And so what can they do to, to get out of that? And uh, this game against Iowa State at home, very important. Well, they can at least answer whether they've hit a wall because they get a home game now um, against a team yeah. right there with them. I mean, it's a game. It's not a must-win game for Kansas State by any means, but it it's as must-win on you know February 18th as you're going to get. Kansas State has got to get the momentum heading back in their direction, and whether that momentum is gone or not, and by momentum here we're talking just like playing well and and you know being back in cohesion or it's just been this tough part of a schedule where you have to go on the road a lot that, that's probably what we're going to find out right on on Saturday at home we're going to find out what they're made of and we know that you know according to Fitz yesterday they're they're tired they're mentally tired they're physically tired it's a grind and for a lot of these players uh, that are new in the program, they're new to the conference, they're, they're not used to the grind of the Big 12, playing twice a week against a conference that is really deep and really talented from top to bottom. Uh, whether you're playing at home or on the road, it, it, this time of year, it's going to beat you up. And so uh, it's just a matter of whether or not they can, they've been able to sustain that and then try to find a way to come out the other side um, as unscathed as possible is going to be important and that's going to be clearly the priority for Jerome Tang I think it has been um, I'm guessing throughout practice this week how to make sure that these guys are not only coming out of it I mean you're, you're two games back with five to go so barring something crazy it's going to be difficult for the Wildcats to even get a share of the Big 12 title at this point. So I'm not saying you take that out of the equation, but what I'm saying is that that's not the most important priority right now. It's making sure that these guys are primed and ready to go for the end of the regular season and into the postseason. Yeah, it, it is, you know, it's it, there's a lot of things, right? Is Keontae Johnson going to be able to reach that level of explosiveness we saw? I think that he is. You know, I think Jerome Tang, you mentioned this with Fitz, Jerome Tang's got some work to do, right? Like, how does he manage this? We're going to see, because this happens to everybody. And, you know, it's the first opportunity, really, for K-State to face some lengthy adversity. We saw Kansas face this earlier in the year, right? Remember when Kansas struggled through three or four or five straight games, and, you know, they didn't necessarily lose all those games. But I think we'd all say they did not have momentum on their side at that right. point, right? Like, they were not playing well. And... They, they overcame it, and now I think most people would point to them as the favorite in the league. And so can Kansas State make that adjustment? You know, to win the Big 12, I don't think so. Uh, but I don't really care about that this year for K-State. I mean, it's been, it was a nice storyline early that it seemed like it was within the realm of possibility, and it still is. But even more important than that, it's what, what can they be doing at the end of the season in this first year, and can they win a couple of tournament games, and you know, all of those things. And and this could be an opportunity for a nice start to get to that point where you are playing your best basketball by the end of the year. And that's what everybody's goal is. 
We are seeing currently Kansas's, in my opinion, best collective basketball lately, um, which is not uncommon for Bell Self teams that in mid-February they really start to peak and hit their stride. I think that's what we're seeing. I suspect, based on what history tells us, that over the next two weeks we're going to see Kansas begin to play its best defense of the season. And, and they're in a really good position now. They get Baylor at home. Baylor's one of the teams that's with them at the top of the standings. They're four-point favorites out on the early line there. This is a game for Kansas that, you know, different sorts of expectations, I think, at this point than Kansas State. But if you want to win the Big 12, you got to win this game at home. It's pretty simple for them. Well, yeah, the loser of this game, I don't think, gets a share of the Big 12 title. Uh, and I, I definitely don't think that whoever loses this game can win the Big 12 outright. You're running out of games to make that happen. Yeah. So I, I think that it, it becomes, and I don't, I don't want to say like they're not going to get a share of the Big 12, whichever team loses this game, but it's going to be more difficult to make that happen because then, then you're a game back with only four to go. Um, so it makes it that much more difficult. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, a heavyweight matchup. I love watching Bill Self take on Scott Drew. I've loved it for years. Um, and, and I would argue that Baylor has been at least maybe over the last, what, five years, the most consistent opponent to take on the Jayhawks year in and year out. Um, of course they won a national title a couple of years ago. Um, so that, you know, that is not, uh, that far of a stretch to say, but I love watching these two teams match up. I love it when Baylor comes to Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, because I think it's become a little bit of a rivalry because of how good Baylor has been over the last several years. And so this will be just another installment of that quote unquote rivalry. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there is a lot at stake and Baylor. Let's not forget. They did not start off conference play very well at all, uh, but they have gotten hot. They've rattled off a bunch of wins and here they are with the share of the, the big 12 title um, right now in first place with, with Kansas and Texas. It's it's I, I do think the loser could still share the Big 12. I, I do think that be a lot. Tougher. I don't think I don't think the loser will be able to win the Big 12 outright. Um, and and look, we say that that that's predictive, right? It's obviously still mathematically possible and wouldn't surprise anybody if Kansas or Baylor loses this game, wins the rest of them and wins the Big 12 outright. And And by the way, both are totally capable of that. Like that that is not a. You know, that's not some insane narrative. Like, it, t- it could totally happen. And any team at the top of the Big 12 could win the rest of its games. They're all that good, right? The problem is everybody else is that good, too. So the likelihood of it happening, I think, are still pretty low. Um, is it going to be, you know, Brian Haney has been predicting five losses for the champion. Can anybody keep it at four? If somebody does, I mean, they're going to be the champion. I don't know that I would... I don't know that I would guess that that will happen, right? I, I think if it's somebody more keeps it at that, four, regardless if it's oh, Texas, they're Baylor, it or Kansas. Well, not only that, that's remarkable based on the quality of this conference overall. And it wasn't that long ago. Like, I think it was right after Christmas, Ken Palm had their projection out. And it, I think the winner, there were three teams that shared the Big 12 title through Ken Palm's projections with seven losses. And so if the winner can, can get out of here with four, it's incredible. Oh, it is. And it always it also begs that question. Um, is is this, you know, grind of a regular season going to hurt them in the tournament, which I think does happen sometimes to really good leagues. 
I, I don't know the answer to that one either. That's going to be, and I hate that, right? Because I don't like to, I, for for any conference, I don't think it's fair to have the entire body of work play itself out and then say, oh, they lost tournament games. See, they weren't really that good. It, I, I think it's valid. I, I mean, I think there is, you know, some validity there, but I don't think it erases entire good seasons. I think more often than not, it tells us other leagues were better than we thought, right? And we've seen that with the Pac-12 time and time and time again, where the Pac-12 runs a bunch of teams through, and you're like, man, why weren't we paying attention to the Pac-12? They've got a West Coast problem. Um, but it, it, we'll see. I, I, I do think there are a lot of teams in this league equipped to win tournament games, for sure, right? Kansas absolutely is. Um, Kansas State is because they got great guard play, right? Marquise Noel, you, you feel good about that. Baylor is because of who their coach is. If Texas Tech can get in, they certainly are. If TCU can get healthy, they certainly are, right? Texas, we don't know as much about. They're talented, but Texas to me feels like one of those teams where you're you're gambling a little bit if you take them on a run in the tournament. Iowa State defensively, you know, could could survive bad play. You know, if they if they're cold or whatever, so I, I do think there are teams equipped to win games in the tournament, um, and I and I would be surprised. I, I guess my benchmark on it, if we're looking at something like that, I, I I would I guess I'd be disappointed if they don't have. Th- I'll say you know I'll, I'll I'll shoot high. I'll be I'll be disappointed if they don't have three teams in the Sweet Sixteen, and that may be asking too much. Um, and obviously the way the bracket falls will have a lot to do with that. But, I mean, they better have at least two. But I think I'd be disappointed if they don't have, at least have three. Well, and I think you can also look at, at the little bit of the the lower half of the Big 12 as teams that are, are pesky, that are going to make the tournament that I certainly wouldn't want to run up against, uh, like an Oklahoma State uh, or a TCU if they're healthy. Uh, TCU is a really, really good team that has really struggled with injuries with Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin. Sounds like Miles should be returning this weekend for TCU uh, right before their matchup with Kansas next week. Uh, but they're, they're still a ranked opponent, and they have a losing record in the conference because they've been injured. But if they can get healthy for March Madness, also before Kansas beat Oklahoma State earlier earlier this week, the Cowboys had won five in a row in the Big 12 uh, and had gotten to a point to where they were 7-5 and five at one point. Uh, before Kansas beat them earlier this week in Stillwater. So I wouldn't want to run up against Oklahoma State or even TCU in the second round of the tournament. So I I think that knowing all of that, I don't think it's out of bounds at all to suggest that we should be seeing three or, gosh, maybe even four teams potentially in the Sweet 16 from the Big 12. Oh, yeah, look, if you get four in, you're – that that gets hard to that gets hard to shoot for based on just how the brackets play out. Like, are you going to have the, like? Is it possible to even get four in? Um, I don't know, but but I'm excited for it. But that's the beauty of this thing for the Big Twelve for me is a lot of times at this point of the season, I'm like, all right, just bring on the postseason. And this goes back to conversations we've had about what the Big Twelve has on its hands with its league. I, I'm not there this year because I'm loving every minute of the Big 12 race. And so for maybe the first time, you know, since I've been covering these teams this closely, I'm in no rush to get through 
to the tournament. I, I want to, like, these these Big 12 nights for me have been so much fun. And the Big 12 is going to get better for at least a year. I wonder, I, I always wonder if there's a national appeal for that. Like, if you could, you know, you're going to get both ESPN games this weekend or can't feature for Kansas Kansas State. But I, I think there is an appeal for that. I, I think you could get national appeal if it was branded the right way and you had everybody on board with it, especially now with the implementation of betting, right, and so many states going with betting. If you can brand it and own it, I I think there's national appeal in a Big 12 basketball league. It's happened before. Uh, and, well, it's and happening not, now, but I mean on right, a bigger but, level. But what I'm saying is that, like, what we have right now is with the Big East, for example. The Big East is basketball. It's a, it's a basketball league, right? And there are some national brands that they get a national window on Fox or FS1 uh, to play Big East basketball. Um, you know, and we're talking like Villanova and some of these other brands, Xavier and Georgetown and Creighton and like that people tune into that. Uh, and I think that you could emulate that or try to replicate that with the big 12. Uh, I, I have no issue with that. Yeah. It, um, I, I don't either. And, and we'll see, it's going to be fun. And this weekend, just no rush. Let's just enjoy the weekend because the two best games the league has to offer Feature Kansas and Kansas State, and it should be a really nice Saturday for college hoops. And a reminder, Wichita State is off this weekend. We'll come back. We'll have more Sports Daily when we return. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Each. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castard. We haven't done this in a little while, Tommy. We're in the giving mood today. Let's give some stuff away. What do you guys have coming up this weekend with the Thunder? 
Yeah, we've got a big game tomorrow night at Interest Bank Arena taking on the Tulsa Oilers. If you've gone to a Thunder game before, you know that Tulsa is a big-time rival uh, for Wichita, and so it's going to be a big game tomorrow night. Uh, it's also the first-ever Pucks and Pups game, so we are inviting folks to come down to the game, bring their dogs. We're selling tickets for uh, humans, and then we're selling dog tickets. The dog tickets uh, portion of the proceeds, uh, actually all the proceeds of the dog tickets go back to the Humane Society and Beauties and Beasts here in Wichita. So that'll be fun to have a bunch of dogs running around the, the arena for the hockey game tomorrow night. And also in conjunction with that, it's Paw Patrol night. So if you've got kids that like watching the show Paw Patrol, uh, we'll have some of the characters from Paw Patrol out there. So we're going to have that tomorrow night. The puck drops at 7.05 at Interest Bank Arena should be a lot of fun. And I'm going to give four tickets to the game tomorrow night away right now. Four tickets, a Saturday game. You kidding me? Can't beat that. Wichita Thunder, pet lovers. Uh, get your kids out there for Paw Patrol. We'll do that. We'll throw in a couple of free iced tea cards uh, from HTO here in Wichita, west or east. Free iced tea on HTO, four hockey tickets. Uh, we'll do that for the second caller right now. Uh, Tommy, we've got coffee coming. We're going to start giving away some coffee cards, too. Ooh, we've got our coffee nice. stuff launching at HTO's East location. That's next Friday. Uh, so next week, we'll try and give away some free coffee uh, as we get that rolling. That's my wife and I's business, full disclosure. Uh, but we'll do that as well. Uh, I'm in, I'm curious, Tommy. It's, it's so a lot of dogs in the arena there. What's the poop situation? But maybe <laughs> even more important, what's the poop situation? What's the pee situation? You can't really clean up yeah. pee. Yeah, uh, that's why I was a little bit surprised that we're doing this, uh, but it's it's going to be fun. We're going to give it a try, and uh, I know that there there's like a entrance in and an entrance out that is going to be exclusive for pet owners and their their dogs to take them outside, do their business, and come back in. I guess I don't really know. I it's going to be wild, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun too. Yeah, I, so I, look, I. I I've got a good story for for dog poop. We there we we, we lived near a, when we first moved here. There was a neighborhood pool party, and at the end of the year, they would make it a dog party, right? All the dogs yeah. got to go in the pool. And I was like, oh, this sounds awesome. I'm gonna bring Jaxie to that, and it it was kind of awesome. Um, me and Jaxie jump in, but it didn't take long to realize there was a lot of poop in that pool floating mm. around. I'm yeah. like, oh, what did I get myself into here? I, I, you know, I guess it, you know, a dog poops in a pool. Like I'd never seen that, right? Dogs get in pools all the time, but for whatever reason, there were a lot of dogs in that pool, and they were all pooping, and so that got real oh. gross real fast. And the other thing is, we had just had our first kid, and so we have the diaper bag, you know, everywhere with us, the backpack, and we'd set that down, and Michelle set that down. Well, the other thing that happens when you get a lot of dogs together is there's a lot of territory to mark. And mm. I think about five or six different dogs came up and peed on that diaper bag, marking it up. I was like, this, <laughs> this afternoon has not gone uh, as expected. It, that uh, reminds so me that, of, of two different movies. First off, Caddyshack, obviously, uh, with the, you know, the, the candy bar in the pool and everybody clears out. That's the, the one thing that it reminds me of. But then also the, the, the uh, sequel of Vacation. Uh, with Ed Helms and Christina Applegate that came out a few years ago. I don't know if you saw that, taking the family on a road trip. It's, you know, like National Lampoon's Vacation, the continue on of that. And, and they go to what they think are hot springs, and they're going to go swimming in the hot springs. And it turns out it's like a, a sewage, you know, waste pond instead. 
um, just reminds me of of both of those things. You know, uh, it. I, I I love uh, poop jokes and everything. You know, Tommy, what flies say politely to each other, don't you? Uh, what's that? Is this stool taken? Because flies land on poop, get yeah, stool, not, not your poop, be- yeah, not your best. You can, yeah, no, it's not my favorite by any means. No. Uh, but uh, you know, I had to, I had to reach in and get one that you know, you tell to the kids. Um, eight six nine twelve forty. We'll get we'll get a winner to that contest here, Jad will, as we wrap up the program today. Uh, excited about the weekend coming up here on the network. We always have a lot coming on the weekend when we go through our what's on tap. So let's do that now while we have a couple extra minutes. It's hard to cram it in. So here's what's on tap. Uh, Jim Rome follows us here on KFH at 11. Bob and Jeff at 2. Maggie and Perloff at 4. Zach Gelb at 5. That's your regular programming. So you'll have Wichita State baseball tonight, by the way. Uh, season getting underway out in California. So you'll hear it. You'll hear game one right here on KFH 740 at Long Beach State. Uh, then we go to Saturday. You've got KU basketball taking on Baylor. Pre-game coverage begins here on KFH at 130. Uh, you've got Wichita State baseball again at 740 pre-game coverage at Long Beach State again on KFH. So big day Saturday for us here. And then on Sunday, you get a 240 uh, pre-game start to the Wichita State baseball team taking on Long Beach State. Again, all on KFH this weekend. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming up on the network here for us uh, as we make our way through and transition away from football through the you know through the home stretch of, of all the winter sports and basketball and just sort of getting started with the spring sto- sports of baseball, softball, and all that good stuff. And, of course, the NFL draft. Plenty to come. Uh, as we make our way through. Uh, do need to tell you, too, we have a chance. We gave away those tickets. Uh, we got another giveaway. So we'll get through this commercial break. Stick around because we're going to give away an opportunity to win something else as we wrap up Sports Daily on a Friday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 